You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Monday, February 12th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Since the Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium closed its Medicare-certified home health department in Sitka last September, many Sitkins have publicly opposed the change through a petition with over 600 signatures and a well-attended listening session in November, which Search did not attend. Last week, for the first time since the closure, community members shared feedback directly with search administrators. But as KCAW's Meredith Reddick reports, that feedback is unlikely to bring the department back. Cindy Littman was one of 15 Sitkins who testified at Wednesday's meeting of the Community Health Council, which advises search on how to best serve the Sitka community. I'm grieved that search closed its, its Medicare-certified home health office. My husband, Tony Gabon, was the beneficiary of Medicare-certified home health services from 2017 until his death in 2019. It's only through the unique skills and services of home health that we were able to remain in Sitka and that Tony was able to stay at home for the last two years of his life. Nearly all of the testimony focused on the closure of Sitka's Medicare-certified home health department last fall, while Search has maintained that the new home-based care program offers equivalent services, Littman and many others testifying said they're not the same. I really don't know whether Search really doesn't understand the difference between Medicare certified home health and um, and the health care, the home health they're offering through the clinic, or if they really are deliberately being untruthful. Wednesday's meeting represented the community's annual opportunity to share feedback directly with Search. That meeting is written into the charter developed when Search acquired Sitka Community Hospital in 2019. It requires that, quote, a portion of the council meeting is open to the general public for its input. Some community members felt that the meeting's structure, which was virtual and limited testimony to 15 Sitkins for three minutes each, didn't fulfill the spirit of that requirement. In her testimony, Chris Ann Rice said the Zoom format specifically prevented some Sitkins from attending. I'm on a Zoom meeting on an iPhone, sitting by myself, Jim's upstairs, person number 14 out of 15, reading my notes to provide testimony to you about services in Sitka. Your customers are restricted to a once a year opportunity to share concerns. I have the technology and some of the skills to Zoom, but I know people in Sitka, some and thus you've eliminated them. Other audience members took to the chat after the council spent nearly half an hour responding to the first three-minute testimony. Community member Lisa Bush wrote, quote, If this is the only time during the whole year that only 15 members of the public has to speak, it might be best for the committee to listen and save time for the public comment. A few minutes later, the chat was disabled, and another community member asked organizers to reopen the chat. Excuse me. Yeah, the host uh, just muted my audio. The chat has been um, disabled. I wonder if somebody could enable it again, please. Over the course of the two-hour meeting, community members echoed many of the sentiments expressed at the November forum hosted by the Sitka Women's Club, namely that home health had provided critically important services to their families and that the new home-based care program would not fill the same niche. 
In spite of ongoing public pressure, Search has shown no interest in revisiting its decision. Council member Susan Padilla, who was appointed to the council in the same meeting, asked Search Chief Medical Officer Elliot Brule whether reinstating the Home Health Department was on the table, given community input. You know, with some of the communications and, you know, all of the the signatures and everything, has any thought been given to that to say uh, maybe the community really wants a home a home health department? Uh, is yeah, that not, a thought? Not at this time. Not at this time. In Sitka, I'm Meredith Reddick. For the purposes of disclosure, KCAW staff member Fred Olson holds a seat on the Search Community Health Council. The Sitka School Board has approved a new three-year contract with the union representing the community's teachers. The deal includes catch-up raises for the Sitka Education Association, which voluntarily held salaries flat during leaner times in the district. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. Sitka's teachers will see a raise of 6% next year and 4% each of the next two years under the terms of their new contract. The district budget for next year is far from settled. Interim Superintendent Steve Bradshaw, who was the district's lead negotiator, told the Sitka School Board on February 7th that teachers had done their part in recent years and it was time to adjust their pay. Some people are going to question uh, the wisdom of the superintendent and the board when we start going through the budget process like we have, but the teachers in this school district deserve a good raise. Sitka teachers took no pay raise in 2017 and agreed to increases of only a few hundred dollars in the next two years. In 2022, after a month-long negotiating impasse, teachers agreed to an unusual two-year contract as a hedge against then-rampant inflation. The deal included a raise of only 2% in its second year. Bradshaw said many of the changes to the contract were just in language, but there was one significant additional expense. The district was increasing its contribution to the teachers' retirement plans by $500. Through 2006, Alaska teachers received a state pension consisting of a large percentage of their former salaries, plus lifetime health benefits. Tier 1 retirement, as it was called, has long since been replaced by a savings program called Tier 3. Bradshaw said that when the state moved away from Tier 1, school districts lost an important incentive for new teachers. When they changed that 16 years ago, uh, that took that away. On top of it, The teachers in this state have lost ground, are now behind the state of Washington and Oregon in teaching salaries. So you can't offer them more money and you can't offer them a better retirement system. How are you going to recruit the best? The Alaska State Senate has just passed a bill that would partially restore Tier 1 benefits, but its major detractor is the one person who can single-handedly block it. Governor Dunleavy, unironically, is a former teacher and Tier 1 retiree. In a press conference on February 7th, he said new teachers nowadays would probably prefer cash. Full disclaimer, I'm a Tier 1 retiree. I was a teacher. But younger folks appear to be less interested in that. The Sitka School Board did not debate the issue. Board President Tristan Gavon said district staff had done yeoman service over the past few very difficult years. He suggested that even with a healthy raise, Sitka teachers were an exceptional value. Teachers, I think, inevitably are going to probably do a little bit more than they're paid for, but we should strive as a district to, to compensate all of their labor. So for me, that's really what it's about. It's about fair pay and benefits, 
um, and then the ability to retain and recruit the best and to provide the best education to our students, which really starts with um, teachers and our staff working in the buildings and the classroom. Under the terms of the deal, a starting teacher with a bachelor's degree will earn nearly $58,000. A teacher with a master's degree and at least 15 years' experience will earn just over $92,000. The three-year contract for Sitka's teachers will be in effect through June of 2027, the school board unanimously approved the agreement. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Petersburg Borough will receive nearly $3 million in federal grant money for an upgrade to its hydropower plant. Petersburg's utility director, Carl Hagerman, has been managing the upgrade since planning began in 2018. It's, it's very gratifying to uh, be the recipient of the grant. It was uh, excellent news. The grant is from a program that is part of the Biden administration's bipartisan infrastructure law. The Petersburg Borough is the only recipient in Alaska. The Blind Slough Hydro Plant provides Petersburg with its cheapest source of electricity. The plant is powered by water from a dam at Crystal Lake, located partway up Crystal Mountain, 17 miles south of Petersburg. It's one of two hydroelectric sources for the town and supplies roughly 25 percent of the power that's consumed. Hagerman says the upgrade was needed to keep the Blind Slough facility operational. Some components of the plant were deteriorating. Since the upgrade was completed in December, there have been some issues, but Hagerman is optimistic. The company that sold us the equipment saw that we were having a, a problem that they felt they could remedy, and so they sent an engineer to Petersburg to work on the failed component and make sure that it would not fail again. All of the fixes are under warranty, so the borough didn't have to pay for the repairs. Much of the project was paid for by an electric utility revenue bond for $7.5 million that voters approved in 2021. The $2.9 million in grant funds will replace some of that bonded money. The bonded money can then be put towards a planned generator project, which voters also approved in the bond. When energy loads are high during the winter months or the connection to the power fails, the borough relies on backup diesel generators. Hagerman says the town needs to be able to generate more backup power. Our diesel generation capacity is very close to not being enough. And in fact, depending on what's going on, it may not be enough. And so it's, it's very important for us to have that capacity in the diesel plant to, to get people's lights and heat back on when it's zero degrees outside. The new generator will be at Scow Bay. Hagerman says the ability to transfer bond money to the Scow Bay generation project will have a huge impact on rates. That's because Petersburg Power and Light won't have to increase rates to fund the project. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.